0: Welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight, and I'm joined by Aline Sims, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast, and science fiction writer K. Tempest Bradford. In season 2, episode 19, Mardi Gras, the holograms are invited to wear the pirate Jean Lafitte's jewels for the Mardi Gras celebration. But could Lafitte's ghost be after them? Stay tuned for an action packed episode. Episode 45 is written by returning writer Mary Screens. I'm probably getting her name wrong. We open on a cruise ship as Jim and the Holograms patiently wait for their mystery contact to divulge what hotel they will be staying at. On stage of the Melodicus, Jim is invited to wear the pirate Jean Lafitte's treasures, jewels that haven't been seen since 1814. Jim announces on stage that the band is going to the Mardi Gras and at the beginning of this episode we get a Gem and the Holograms music video called Let Me Take You to the Mardi Gras a brand new song bespoke just for this episode
1: mm-hmm.
0: what'd you think? it's awful
1: oh no! what? <laughs> why do you say that? Song's not awful. bad I, I, it's just like, okay well let's hear it
0: let's hear it before I dismiss your feelings
2: oh, no. I just I, I i just i didn't like it i was distracted by the mardi gras because people don't call it the mardi gras i do not hear people calling it the mardi gras i even googled trying to find instances of people calling it the mardi gras so like that just bugged me just like through the whole thing and then i don't know the video was I don't know if it's representative of actual Mardi Gras. It seems like it fits in with the stereotype, but I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why you disagree with my opinion.
0: Well, I, I've heard worse songs. I just didn't. Well,
2: yeah. Didn't feel I like
0: that it. way about that song.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've always kind of thought that this was an okay song, but yes, as I was watching this episode, I was like, hmm is Mardi Gras really like this? I somehow don't think that it is. I did appreciate that there was a little bit of multiculturalism represented Mm. in the representations of Mardi Gras, but I saw that there were too many white people. But beyond that, I was just like, okay, this is definitely sort of the, not even just like the stereotypical or like outsider version of Mardi Gras, but it's also super cleaned up for the kids. (laughs) This version of Mardi Gras so yeah yeah, I,
2: there, yeah. There are no bare breasts flying
1: no no nobody was throwing beads or anything along those lines but i i didn't catch the the mardi gras thing but you're right it's not the mardi gras it's just mardi gras let me take you to mardi gras but for some reason they were like the maybe because i don't i can't even speculate on to why it there would be a the in that song so yeah i mean the song is okay Video's okay. It's a decent way to open the episode. But I have to say, like, at the, the beginning of this episode, there are a lot of things that I was just like, hmm, I don't know why you ladies chose this. Because they're sitting there talking about how, you know, excited they are that they're going to the Mardi Gras. I guess but they I think they just call it Mardi Gras. They they talk about how excited they are about that. But then they don't know what hotel they're staying at. They don't really know like, they sort of know what they're going to be doing at Mardi Gras. And my first thought was, this was like a misfit setup. Why did you all fall for this? I mean, it's not a misfit yeah. setup. But just like, it has all the harmonics of, you know, we don't really know what we're going or what we're doing. But people invited us, and now we're on this cruise with our fancy outfits.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, was, that was, that it was, was weird.
1: Super weird. <laughs>
0: it, just, it just seems strange from the very get-go. Like, why the mystery? I, I don't know.
1: And did Jim and the Holograms know that they were going to be wearing Lafitte's jewels or did they no, just learn that when the random so. lady on stage was like and now jump in the holograms yeah. you're going to be wearing some jewelry and they're like uh, that, yeah? that's that's yeah. how I
0: got it that's how I understand. yeah
1: that's how I check it as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just feel like even though everything is supposed to be mysterious for reasons why would you show up to a place where you just didn't know what you were supposed to be doing it, I think that Jerrica is a bad manager and she's you know we've already established she's a bad CEO She's also a bad manager for this band. Why did she, why did Jericho quote unquote, send Gem and the holograms off to do this thing without like getting some details first that were kind of pertinent? Yeah, that's super
2: weird, especially considering that their lives are constantly in danger because the misfits are trying to pull pull one over on them. Like it, it, it was it was very odd. It was like, why, why, why do you not have an itinerary? Why do why have you not let loved ones know where you will be at all times in case something happens
1: like i don't know it was very odd what if one of the starlight girls gets sick how are they supposed to even find these ladies oh they don't care about the starlight girls
0: well, speaking of weird ways to start an episode here we get to meet pierre Larquette, who introduces himself to jem as her liaison with the crew of melodicus When she asks why all the mystery about Mardi Gras, Pierre explains that it's more than just an 11 day party. The identities of the crew are always kept secret. Also, Lafitte's treasure is invaluable and they don't want it stolen. Pierre promises to tell Jem more the following day as long as he meets her for lunch. So let's talk about this. Why does the crew have to like why does the identity of the crew have to be kept a secret this is never i never really felt like i understood that
1: i'm calling bullpuggy on this because none of this makes any sense like Mm. maybe this is a mardi gras tradition i mean lord knows i'm not you know familiar at all with many mardi gras traditions but that doesn't make any sense as you said i think that that was made up
0: yeah it does feel that way, doesn't it? I wonder if yeah. Pierre has any ulterior motives for meeting Jem for lunch. We shall see. Surely not. Surely not. Surely not. No. And speaking of ulterior motives, we cut to Shayna, who is looking out at the sunset as an old woman named Mama Lou mistakes her for someone named Lily. And Shayna receives a warning. Heed the words of Mamaloo. Beware of zombies on Fat Tuesday.
2: I perked up at zombies, I'm not going to lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, zombies yeah. are cool. Mamaloo, though. Oh, my God. Mamaloo Mama might need some supervision. The thing is, she might need some supervision, but the thing is, like, this, this random old lady who knows, man, she knows some stuff, this is kind of a stereotype but also it's just worse than that though like because the, the stereotype thing is like mm mm-hmm. but worse than that is she is so random like so many things why this is she so on random. the ship and she's one of them why is like, she right, here right why is she on, what is she doing what is like right. she literally rolls in to give like cryptic information and rolls back out again and it's it, that's how I felt like look at her I'm just like but ah, ah, but yeah.
0: <laughs> well Pierre goes over to Shayna and tells her not to be frightened of Mama Lou. He then notices that Shayna bears an uncanny resemblance to the legendary Lily LaRose. And I wrote down this little conversation between the two of them because I thought it was important. But Pierre says Lily LaRose was a bourbon street chanteuse, a singer. Jean Lafitte was her greatest admirer, as I admire you, Macherie. And Shana says, please don't. I There's someone else. His name is Anthony Julian. And Pierre says insistently, so am I doomed then to a broken heart like poor Jean Lafitte? But I do not give up yes. so easily.
1: Um, yes, give, you do. Give okay. up because she said no. She right. said no. No means no. No, no means, means no. no. And, and it is worth pointing out that the reason why she says to him, please don't, is not because of what he's saying, but because he is literally all up on her. Like, he is immediately in all her personal space. He has his arm on her. He is touching her. And none of it is okay. I don't remember him being this gross when I watched this as a kid. Washing his adult, I'm just like bad touch, bad touch, bad touch. He's well, it gets I mean, worse. But this her. isn't
0: the first time we've seen a character go after somebody in the band that was just wouldn't let it go. But yeah, uh, usually
1: they're yeah, after Jim, gross. though. Put on
0: right? That's right. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it's just it. It's also where and okay. So Shayna is wearing this locket, right? Where she, you know, when she says there's someone else, his name is Anthony, and she literally shows a picture of him. And I'm like, okay. First of all, we've never seen this locket before. And second of all it's an ugly locket but whatever. Third of all I have to wonder if Shayna started wearing this locket for exactly this reason to keep dudes from trying to roll up on her all the mm-hmm. time and and hey, you know, good on dudes for rolling up on Shayna cuz she's great. But it's like we we've had many conversations actually kind of lately about the fact that it's really annoying that women have to when they get rolled up on by these men who are gross and in our personal space and you have to say oh but i have a boyfriend and they're like and sometimes they back off when you say oh but i have a boyfriend and i you know saw something on Tumblr recently where it's like isn't it messed up that like men will back off up on that because they respect this other um, like dude who they've never seen they respect him more than they respect you and your opinion of just saying no like, Shana knew that she couldn't just say no to this dude. Mm-hmm. She knew that she had to say, I have a boyfriend, look, here's pictorial proof of him and right. this thing I'm literally right. wearing between
0: us. Well, it was immediately obvious about how... It's just because he's so aggressive.
1: Consent, consent, people get consent. hmm
2: Yeah, it's like, you know, I hear stories about flight attendants who wear fake engagement rings so that people won't hit on them. And it's, it, yeah, our our culture... It's been 20 years and our culture is still like this. It's kind of sad.
0: The Holograms arrive in New Orleans and are taken by horse and carriage to Maison Fleur. But first, they take a scenic detour up Bourbon Street. Meanwhile, the Misfits are in New Orleans and are jealous that the Holograms are getting all of the publicity. Pizzazz promises her bandmates that come tomorrow night, they'll be the ones wearing Lafitte's jewels. They also brought along a hired zombie-looking goon named Neko. So, do you think it's just a coincidence that the misfits are in New Orleans at the exact same time, or did they somehow know that Jim and the holograms were I doing think they this? They went
1: thing? to New Orleans just to have Mardi Gras fun.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what well, I thought as well. But I so wanted to get your is, opinion.
1: Okay, here's what's weird about everything that happens when the when the misfits are introduced. Um, first of all they kind of act like it's a surprise that they're seeing Jem. Like, Rock is like, look who's here, it's Jem, because they see them rolling down the street in the handsome cab, right? But then Stormer says they're participating in the publicity stunt of the century, which is exactly what the lady on the ship said. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, did people know about this? And then it, I'm like, well, of course, because the whole point of a publicity stunt of the century is for everybody to know about it so they'll come to the thing. But then they were also like, but there are secrets. And so it's really weird. Like, I can't tell what's supposed to be a secret, what isn't supposed to be a secret. Why Stormer is repeating lines from earlier in the episode and what the misfits... And who knows why the misfits are actually in New Orleans, but I'm I'm assuming it's because they have somewhere to play as well. And they're hanging out with the Zomboys. They're just not hired thugs. I'll have you know, Alex, they're a band. Or they own that hotel. I don't know actually which it is.
2: It was on the banner.
0: Jem and the holograms arrive at their hotel, Maison Fleur, but the lights are off. The carriage driver says that they must have blown a fuse again, but assures them that it will be fixed in time for the ball the following night. Jem knocks on the door and a man holding a candle answers. She explains that the crew of the Melodicas sent them, but Maurice is distracted by Shayna and doesn't hear Jem's words. We hear a woman's voice coming from inside the hotel. Yvette commands Maurice to invite Jem and in the holograms inside. Yvette apologizes on behalf of Maurice for being cranky as he's been upset about his friend Francois, who disappeared a week ago. Uh, and Yvette explains that it's nothing to worry about and says that it's the fir- it's not the first time that Francois has gone missing. That already this is- should. Be a red flag that something weird yeah, is going is on here. But, okay, okay no, no, this makes any sense. Yvette looks at Shayna and says that she is the reason why she picked the holograms to wear Lafitte's treasure. Shayna is confused, but Yvette explains the legend of Jean Lafitte and Lily LaRose, who apparently was her great great grandmother. And also Maison Fleur was the house that belonged to LaRose. So it's got quite the history.
1: Yeah, um, it's okay. haunted yes. house. Mm-hmm. That's just
0: great. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let's explain the legend so people are reminded of it, if in case they haven't seen this episode yet, or at least if it's been a while. Jean Lafitte loved Lily La Rose, but she couldn't return his affection as he was a slaver. Lily was a patriot, so she let Lafitte meet at Maison Fleur in secret with General Jackson to plan the Battle of New Orleans. Late one night, they came up from the river through the cemetery. Lafitte left a casket of jewels with Lily, making her promise to keep them until he returned. But he never who returned. Who
1: knows? Oh, well, he deserved
0: it. Yvette shows Shayna and the rest of the holograms the painting of Lily LaRose, who just so happens to look exactly like Shana. When I say exactly, I mean ex- with the exception of the... Period costume, the the purple hair, the fro, yeah. everything's there. And look, <laughs> what are the this odds? This is one of
1: that? those times. Even as a kid, I was like, okay, now look, y'all, you've taken this too far. Because I could maybe buy that they live in a world in which strangely colored hair grows out of their skulls from baby times, because we've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. But really, I was that really happening? In the the era of Jean Lafitte and the Little Rose, really, if they had made her with black hair, but Shayna's face, kids would have still been able to make the connection that she looked like Shayna. Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. This show relies, well, this show's animation relies way too heavily. On the different hair colors and stuff to differentiate different women. It's like different hair mm-hmm. colors, different hairstyles, different makeup, whatever. But it because it hides the fact that they all have the same face, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that they have the same face. I mean, some of them are similar. No, I but,
1: think that uh, they all pretty much have the same face. But yeah, yeah. they're wasn't there.
0: Maybe I'd have to well, take a you know closer it, look, but they well, never look the That's
1: because they all have different makeup and stuff on and different hair. But I remember, and this was like a few right. years ago, okay. right. where. Maybe this was on Tumblr, but like somebody took all the faces of all the different women on Gem and removed their makeup, and it was like, oh, they all look the same. (laughs) And and it was, yeah, Yeah, that's just lazy. There are some variations between them, but just in terms of like the shape of the face, and yeah, it's like the Mm -hmm. everybody pretty much has the same face uh, in, in terms of like the the main cast. Like there are some differences, like you know the the older woman in this episode. Has a pretty different shape mm-hmm. face, um, and she's also way shorter than everybody.
0: But yeah, it was probably just uh, like a, a time and money constraint that they didn't want to spend the extra time coming up with these unique designs because obviously that's more difficult to animate. My guess is that if they were to do this show in 2016, that that uh, they probably wouldn't make that mistake again because animation standards are much higher now and people expect a higher standard of quality hope, with yeah. animation. So one would hope, yeah, one would hope that they they wouldn't do that. And I think it's especially important to make sure that each of them have unique looks, you know, And like you're right, Tempest, they shouldn't just be differentiated by their makeup and their hair, especially that's because, I mean, especially when it comes to, their ethnicity, too. You know, even the... Like, Rhea is what? She's part Latino?
1: She's Mexican. I mean, both her parents are Mexican.
0: Right. She's Okay, so she's Mexican, and Mm. Shayna is black. So it's like, these people are going to have unique facial features mm-hmm. and so to make them all look effectively like a Caucasian person with the exact same nose with the exact same lips except that you just change their skin color and change their hair that's not yeah. really great
1: yeah but you're right it probably had something to do with like the way
0: that they the way
1: that you have to have
0: well I think even the dolls the oh, toys yeah. were like that too I think they were all very that was actually one of the complaints of the toy line is that they all looked yeah, really but that's, similar
1: that's pretty much the way that a lot of um 12 inch girl dolls are i mean there was if you look at barbies for instance it took a really long time for the non-barbie barbies like whatever their other names are madge i mean skipper was always different because she's younger but a lot of them have pretty similar faces to barbie and then when you got into barbies that were black they were literally just the same face mold but with darker skin and it took a really long time for that to change and for that to be different so it doesn't didn't surprise me that the gem dolls
0: were the same well eventually changed
2: yeah but i mean even like you know i've watched all of the clone wars which is all 3d and to save money again save money on rigging and that kind of thing all of the the female body shapes almost all of them are identical too so you know the more i think about it the more i wonder if it would still be a problem today um and you know like Clone Wars has some creepy body body styles, but um, that's another discussion. but
0: well, I, I think it's yeah it, it is another another discussion because we could talk for a while about that, but I mean I think it is an issue that uh, definitely needs to be addressed, not just in animation but in comics too. I mean I mean just look I mean it is so rare, but just look at the IDW gem comic. I mean, when have we ever had a cast of female characters all with unique looks and different body types? It just doesn't happen in comic books. Yeah. Yvette warns the holograms that the ghost of Lafitte haunts Maison Fleur. I see. I sense a trend here with a lot of people in New, New Orleans that they're very superstitious.
2: Mm, I think that's probably a least, stereotype.
0: Right, or that's the way they're...
1: That's, that's what that sounds like.
0: Well, yeah. While the holograms are shown their rooms, Shayna ends up staying in Lily LaRose's chamber. In the middle of the night, Shayna awakes after being startled by a shadowy figure who steals her locket containing Anthony's picture. Shayna heads out into the hallway and calls for Jem, Kimber, Aja, and Rhea. When they don't answer, Shayna lights a candle and descends downstairs. At the end of the hall, a door barely open is seen. It sounds like Sheena's bandmates and their laughter is coming from that room, but Pierre stops to speak with her. Yeah. Pierre, where did you come from?
1: He came from a meeting of the nice guys TM. (laughs) Actually, it was probably one of those, uh, what do you call it? When, when men take those classes so that they can learn how to charm women with tricks and, Bakery. Mm. Oh, yes. Pickup artist. That's what he just got a local pickup artist meeting. And they were like, You go after that girl by saying something nasty to her. Because, yeah, like there's, there is like a pickup artist thing where I forget what it's called, where you like subtly um put down the woman that you want to try to pick up. And then it sort of subtly undermines her self confidence. And then she'll like be yours or something. But he does that thing to her in the, in the next moment. He did come from a pickup yeah, he, artist meeting. He's, Damn he's it. not okay. He is so not okay.
0: Jem, Kimber, Aja, Rhea, and Yvette join Shana in the hallway after drinking chamomile tea together. Yvette wonders how Pierre got in, and he explains that he entered through the terrace on the top floor after no one answered the door. Yvette apologizes uh, for Maurice as he sleeps like the dead. In her words. Shayna explains that something was in her room, something horrible that took her locket. Pierre tries to console Shayna and says it will turn up and that all she needs is a good night's sleep. But Shayna won't have it and tells Pierre not to patronize her. And I wrote down the dialogue from the scene because this really made me mad. But she says, don't patronize me, Pierre. You go in Lily's room and see what kind of dreams you have. And Pierre says, "Yes, yes, mm. I will do that, Sherry. And don't call me Sherry." And mm. he says, "Ah, what the woman? Everything
1: about this is not okay. Mm. Oh my god! Like, yeah,
0: he's like Peppy LePew.
1: He is like Peppy LePew. And I, I actually was thinking about whether or not he was patterned on Peppy LePew or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's it's, because like that's it. It's literally, I will keep chasing this woman." and she will keep giving me very clear indications that she wants nothing to do with me and i will see that as some kind of beautiful attractive challenge yep i'm like sir sir and just the fact that he's like oh you were just having a dream your little trinket will show up and it's like no sir no you no and yes i'm calling her Sheree. yeah and
2: just like the dismissiveness not only is he completely ignoring her requests to leave her alone? It's just like, you know, my thing was stolen. It's just like, oh, well, you know, it's all in your head. I'm sure it fell under the bed or something. You know, it's it's ugh. this guy is is a great model of what not to do, like study him and do the opposite.
0: The holograms decide to go sightseeing on the S. Charles Street trolley while the Maison Fleur is set up for the ball jem meets pierre at a cafe to discuss melodicus but he's entirely distracted by thoughts of Shayna and refuses to give up his pursuit jem asks if he has any more information about melodicus such as what the band will wear at the parade and ball pierre says the gown should be arriving any moment now and yvette will bring the jewels to the parade where they will be presented with the most fanfare jem questions the safety and security of the jewels, Pierre explains that Yvette foolishly thinks the ghost of Lafayette will protect the jewels. Unfortunately for Pierre and Jem, Neko, the hired goon of the misfits, eavesdrops on their conversation.
1: So some things, I know that we keep talking about how Pierre is so gross and wrong, but I there's, there's something else to point out here. When Jem gets off the trolley and she's going to this lunch and she says, you know, Shannon, do you want to come with me? And Shanna's like, no, I do not want to encourage Pierre. And Jem's like, ah, all right. And I'm like, Jem, that was a clue that maybe mm-hmm. you should back up your friend here. Uh, because when Pierre says, Oh, is Shannon not here? Jem should have been like, So listen, sir, I don't want to be rude, but you are gonna have to back off.
0: Yeah, she actually says to exactly to Pierre, I quote, Oh, Pierre, you're such a you're such a charmer. It's like no, don't say that he's not charming, he's gross and slimy, and won't give up, and you should be backing up your friend who's already in a relationship as and has made it very clear she wants nothing to do with him. Jim's an idiot, <laughs> I'm sorry she is
2: yeah she <sighs> she's
0: um <laughs> no objections to that
2: yeah she's she's. I don't
0: even know. I know. I know. Exactly. On the trolley with Shayna Kimber Ajanreya, Shayna points out the strange old woman from the ship, Mama Lou. The trolley stops and the misfits get on board. And Stormer says, they don't seem glad to see us. Now, I'm not sure if she was sarcastic. I didn't sense the sarcasm. She genuinely seemed like she had no idea why they weren't pleased to see her I don't know but it was a bit odd
2: I thought it was sarcastic but maybe I was reading into it
0: have you noticed that Mama Lou is pretty much everywhere in this episode Mm -hmm. like she's on she's suddenly on this trolley is she following them it's a bit creepy
1: I think she's a magical negro and she just appeared
0: well they should have just called her a magical negro then I guess (laughs) Why even call her Mama Lou?
1: Well, they can't be obvious about it. I mean, <laughs>
0: right. that would be racist. Do you think that she has supernatural powers? Perhaps she, can she, she can, materialize?
1: Yeah, well, she can see into the future. We know that because she warns Zane, Shana about zombies, and she even like knows to go talk to Shana. And then she's on this bus. She's probably on the bus to be like, you know, I just have to keep I have to watch after these girls because they're all too dumb to wander around New Orleans by themselves. I'll just be here.
2: And the zombies will get them. Yeah. I was actually surprised they didn't bring something like voodoo into it like or you know like creole mysticism. The oh, censors so didn't.
1: Right. Well, the censors probably wouldn't allow them to do that. I can imagine yeah. them being like, "Let's do it." And the censors are like, "No, this is for kids." You know. Yeah, that could be. I was thinking about this in the context of the fact that there's this murder she wrote episode about voodoo in New Orleans. And now I just, I want to do a show where we examine the parallel themes in Gem and the Holograms and Murder, She Wrote. But that's for a different time.
2: I'd need to watch a lot of Murder, She
0: Wrote. Okay, well, let's get to the music video here, because as the Misfits have boarded the trolley, they have decided to sing a song. Break out into song for everybody. And we get a song called Surprise, Surprise, which is a repeat song. But apparently it's cut a little short in this version.
1: And that's good because this is not a great song. No. I didn't like this song when it was first on and I like it less now.
0: I think it needs a little more delay on Pizazz's voice. I really don't think they put enough effects on there.
1: Mm, Maybe. Or... Maybe they could have just chosen a different song. Well, I mean, at least this song fits thematically with what's going on. Um, but still, it's not—it's not my favorite song. It never has been. This is—this doesn't make any better. And the fact that, like, during this song, the misfits mess up everything and also cause the trolley to go really fast, and then, like, once again, they're endangering everybody's lives for no good reason. And also, let's talk about something else why are all the people on this train dressed in strange outfits <laughs> i mean i understand this is mardi Gras. are these people like
0: going to work dressed like this what strange outfits because i didn't pay attention to this
1: they were dressed like the people who we saw on bourbon street in at the beginning of the episode oh, okay. like there's literally a guy dressed like a jester like a few rows behind them okay. a lot of people in masks the only i feel like there were only a couple people who weren't wearing masks who were like passengers mm. on this thing and one of them was a woman who was carrying a bag full of masks, which then the misfits throw at Jem in the holograms or at the holograms because Jem's not there.
0: How convenient. A bag of masks. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just it's one of those things where I feel like they're it's it's all part of like the stereotypical view of New Orleans that this show is giving us. Like during Mardi Gras, people just wander around in their Mardi Gras outfits. All day, in the middle of the day, whatever, on the trolley because of reasons. Because this is what you do mm-hmm. in New Orleans, I guess.
0: Well, the Misfits get off the trolley to meet with Neko, who apparently appears to be into domination, and he's really into pizzazz because he's like, command me, mistress, command Yeah, that
2: was me. creepy. This is a really creepy episode. Now that we're talking about it, there's a lot of creepy.
0: Well, she does command him at least in one particular way, because Pizzazz tells Neko that Gem and the Holograms have to go.
1: They always and, do. But yeah, but the way that she puts it, like, especially in the context of what's going on, because he's he's one of the Zombi'es, right? And he's telling Pizzazz to command him, and clearly his shtick is death. And she's like, get rid of Gem and the Holograms. And once again, it's like, are you giving people a command to kill Gemini holograms? Because it's that's not out of the realm of possibility for this show.
0: I don't think she cares. It doesn't seem like she does. I think the problem with Pizzazz is that she doesn't think ahead long term of the consequences. Like she'll just tell whoever she hires to do, you know, do whatever. I'm not truly convinced that death is what she intends. Because I I just have this feeling that hypothetically if Jim and the holograms were killed that maybe she would kind of snap out of it and realize, oh, you know, I was just trying to have some fun. I was just trying to get them out of the way. But that's maybe there would be some remorse there.
2: I I don't know that she thinks about consequences or
0: thinks about... Well, she doesn't, but there's a different there is a line between you know not thinking of the consequences and flat out you know wishing murder on somebody i don't think- i mean to truly to truly plan for that i mean she could have if she wanted to with the amount of money that she has, she could have hired a mercenary to go and kill them if she really wanted to do that, but she hasn't done that.
2: She's done all these show. crazy,
0: <laughs> overly elaborate, unnecessary plots to try to get Gem in the holograms.
2: I think you're thinking about it too much. I think that the I think that Pizzazz would do that, but then there wouldn't be Jim in the holograms. Like I I think that She's
0: like a Bond villain.
2: It, she is. I I don't it's like, I don't think that Pizzazz cares. I think that Pizzazz wants to be number one. I don't think that it's important to her that she uh quote unquote earns that I think that it's just important to her to to be the best and um like yeah I I I could see her hiring a hitman. I don't
0: mm. think she'd blink. <laughs> Maybe. This is a it's question not- that we cannot truly answer unless we asked Christy Marks directly.
2: I mean it's not like she's ever shown remorse for anything. We've had a couple of moments of vulnerability surrounding like her relationship with her father, but for the most part she just she just does what she thinks she needs to do to be at the top and she doesn't, you know, she, she's not like, "Oh, in retrospect, in retrospect, maybe I shouldn't have used a bulldozer to try to run over people and crashed into a mansion. You know, like, those those moments never happen.
0: After a stern warning from Mama Lou, who tells Pizzazz and Neko that the ghost of Lafitte will protect the jewels, Pizzazz commands Neko and his goons to get rid of Jem and the holograms later in the night. At Maison Fleur, Jem arrives in a cab with Pierre, who asks her if Shayna will dance with him at the ball. But Jem tells Pierre to ask Shayna himself. Hey, and Jim, he's still not no. letting it up. He's still yeah. not letting it up.
1: Jem should have been like, she told you no, sir. She told you no. On multiple occasions, no, and back off. No.
0: See, if this was pizzazz, like if if Pierre was going after Pizazz, she probably would have had no problem saying, you know, piss off, because she's more blunt and straightforward. Jem speaks with Yvette about why she's taking a risk with having Lafitte's jewels leave the premises of Maison Fleur. Yvette admits that she is in need of the publicity to attract tourists to the hotel because of the ongoing costs of running it. Jem heads to the library to change into her gown, but she accidentally, and I should add, very clumsily hits a switch and a secret passage opens, trapping her.
1: Why, okay. why is her costume a fish costume? Why is she a fish? <laughs> because that seems to be the theme for some horrendous reason. But I just want to roll back a little bit to this woman's reasons for putting these jewels out in the open where they might be stolen. And she's like, well, I need publicity for my hotel. Lady, if your hotel wasn't crap, maybe <laughs> you wouldn't need publicity stunts to bring people to it. And that's not, like, it looks like a beautiful building, but you know, there's the whole thing about them blowing all the fuses all the time, which is bad mm-hmm. enough. But then they have a guy who greets you at the door who is the surliest MFR. Jerk. Yeah. Ever. He's a dick. Like, right. Like he opened the door. He's like, who are you? And they're like, oh, we were sitting here. And he's like, Ugh. and she's, she has to yell at him, let them in the door. These are our guests. No. And then the fact that like somebody shows up, you know, late at night and he just can't be bothered to get up and let them in. And so I think that really. The problem is, lady, that you run a shod- shoddy hotel and you don't yeah. need publicity because more people showing up are just going to get angry because Maurice is the worst.
0: Uh, I'm just going to say on the record now that the the that mansion is not up to current electrical codes.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, in, in fact, the electrician's like, it's kind of hacked together. Like, this isn't a good thing. Okay. I promise not to use electricity on the second floor. No, that's not... Up to code. That's you know, you're gonna get your hotel license revoked or whatever
0: that is. Well, in the secret passage, it's completely dark and looming behind Jem in the darkness is a monstrous looking figure. When Jem asks Synergy to light her way, a disturbing noise is heard. And I wrote disturbing down because I can't even begin to imitate that sound, but it was it was bone chilling. Did it not sound strange to you?
2: It's not a nice sound. No. It
0: it didn't sound like a human being would make that noise. That's for sure.
2: A ghost could, though. Or a zombie. Maybe. Yeah,
0: that's right. Back in the library, the rest of the holograms change into their gowns, and Maurice informs them that the limousine has arrived. Kimber asks where Jem and Yvette are. Maurice explains she left an hour ago, and Jem may be with her. She may be with her? Does he... Would he not know... Like, why doesn't Maurice know what's going on?
1: Once again, this is this is why like their problems are not publicity. They don't need more publicity. They need better people to run this thing. I mean, this whole entire enterprise has been just one cock up after another since the, the very beginning. Like, oh, we can't tell you what's going on because the crew is a secret. It's a secret. You're going to be doing this thing. OK, sing this song. OK, come over here. And there's no lights in this place. and da, da, da. Like, oh, God, this is the worst event planning ever. Yeah.
0: The band heads to the limousine. Shayna is frozen in her tracks when she is greeted by the zombie-looking driver, Neko. Memory of Mama Lou's warning about zombies on Fat Tuesday come flooding back. And then, of course, we cut back to Jem, who's still walking through the darkened secret passageway at Maison Fleur when she overhears Pierre and Maurice conspiring to steal Lafitte's jewels. Shayna, Kimber, Aja, and Rhea realize something is wrong when the limo driver makes a detour from Canal Street and drops them off at a cemetery, explaining that they aren't going to the parade or the ball. The girls manage to escape and make a run for it, but are deterred when a group of zombies make an appearance. And of course, by zombies, I mean Neko's goons.
1: Zomboys. Zomboys. Zomboys, right. How even have to say that? <laughs> For you to remember the zombies but the, yeah I don't this,
0: I don't I, care if they're zombies or not they're zombies
1: well, the thing that I care about is did they plan that like were they like, okay, so when he brings them here, they're gonna try to escape, and they're gonna run this exact way, and so we need to crouch down behind these you know monuments and rise up slowly and act like zombies, and then that will somehow do a thing.
0: They they covered all their bases. They I had did, intense planning sessions.
1: I guess.
2: Rehearsals. Yeah.
0: And they just happened to be hiding in the exact same, in the exact spot where they happened to, I mean, out of all the places that they could have run to in that giant cemetery, they're in the spot where they end up being. I mean, yeah, come on. At the parade event, the press surrounds uh, Yvette, anxious to get a look at Lafitte's treasure. Yvette explains that she can't present the treasure until the holograms arrive. And of course the Misfits decide to take advantage of the moment to make their way to the stage uh, walking on the shoulders of numerous journalists. The mm, Misfits yes, you do. tell Yeah, exactly as you do. The Misfits tell Yvette that they're more reliable than the holograms and that she should have chosen them in the first place. While reluctant, Yvette decides to let the misfits wear the jewels. And, of course, the misfits fight uh, with each other over the chest of jewels.
2: Okay, so so these strange, strange people show up and say, let us wear your jewelry. And she's like, oh, okay, I guess, I guess that'll have to do.
1: I can only assume that she knew who they were. I mean, she knows who Jim and the holograms are. So it's not actually a stretch for her to have known who they were. But yeah, it just it was just weird. And also, okay, while I am sure that the jewels that Lafitte left with Lily or whatever are fabulous, la la la, we never really do get that great a look at them. But just to have like some random jewelry and a little chest and the Misfits sort of reach in, like, weren't they supposed to be presented? And I kind of feel like it would just be, you know, like four or five very expensive but tasteful or maybe even gaudy necklaces and mm-hmm. not just like random jewelry in a box that's not even being you know stored in such a way as to preserve them i mean it just this is all just it sloppy. seems weird
0: but it is he he was a pirate right so it's like a, tr- a treasure chest
1: i guess I guess. It, no
0: it's silly i mean <laughs> if you really wanted to preserve them if we want to be nitpicky about it yes you would not just shove them into a box and leave them that way right cuz they would wouldn't they get chipped and stuff like that from getting moved around
2: Tarnished and
0: exactly tangled. you want to keep them in some, some kind of glass case behind well, uh, a good security system
2: well ideally sure but like not even that like velvet pouches a separate one for everything or you know like you're talking about the jewels that are supposed to save your your little bed and breakfast thing and are presumably worth a good chunk of change so i don't know why you wouldn't sell them but whatever so so you know i, I don't but know you would never sell them ah sentimental slaver myths passed down in my family prevent me from selling the Scotty jewelry that's worth a lot of money. I don't know. It's, yeah, very odd.
0: At the cemetery, Jim finally finds her way out of the passageway, creating a hologram of Lafitte to scare off Neko and his zomboys, which Good works. Job. Now, I need to stop for a second here because... How far was this passageway from the mansion all the way to the cemetery? Why was well, this passageway there?
1: Well, th- it actually makes sense. Uh this is the one thing that does There's make one sense thing. in this entire episode. Okay. Because the cemetery is right down the hill from the mansion.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right.
1: right. And so it and also just the fact that since this is a mansion that was built with like, you know, hidden passageways and whatever. It would make sense that one of those passageways would lead out of the mansion far enough away from the mansion so that if one had to escape, you know, just in case mm. pirates were like at the door. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah that makes and sense. And that
1: is, um, you know, they did say that they they used the house to meet in secret and that they came up from the cemetery. So that's probably what they did. They probably went into that door that Jem came out of in the cemetery to come up to the house. That was the one thing in this episode that actually like ties back into what somebody said at the earlier thing, and it makes sense.
0: Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Jem explains to her bandmates that she overheard Maurice and Pierre conspiring to steal the jewels. They rush back to the night's event to warn Yvette. At the ball, Jem tries to explain to Yvette what has transpired, but Yvette brushes her off and pleads to help her stop the misfits from singing. Has Yvette really heard the misfits, do you think? Does she Mm, know what they sound like? Probably
1: she has. I guess. They're not Mardi Gras worthy.
0: (laughs) No. Yeah. And speaking of the misfits, we see them telling the crowd that the press botched up things and that it was really the misfits that were supposed to wear the jewels of Lafitte. And Gemma and the Holograms get on stage to sing... Everybody wears a mask, which is a new song, and I like this song.
1: I do too, because it's true. Everybody wears it a mask. Is. It's true, even gems Sometimes, I, sometimes I've heard. And there's a lot of interesting imagery in this video. Although, also some of it is Gem and the holograms running away from giant-sized pizzazzes yes. and through these strange <laughs> corridors of masks all over them. But it also includes like she's from the party and she's like pulling off the masks and then the red hood suddenly shows up and you're like oh it's the red hood and or maybe that was Cobra Commander I don't know but it was all in the strange dreamscape of the video but that it was pretty cool
2: yeah I like it
0: yeah I thought that uh, when the chorus picked up a bit I'm like oh okay this is this song's getting better and better I was kind of worried at the beginning but uh, overall I thought this song was great Well, as we get closer to the end of this episode, the misfits Maurice and Pierre slip away from the ball after the holograms finish their performance. Jim and the holograms go after them and we see the misfits posing in front of a camera and the paintings of La Rose and Lafitte. Suddenly the power goes out for a moment. When it comes back on, the jewels have vanished and Jim blames Pierre for the heist. But as it turns out, Pierre is an undercover detective for Melodicus. Stormer claims something cold and clammy touched her. Yvette realizes she knows who stole the jewels. She opens the painting of Lafitte and we see Francois, her monkey, who has stolen Shayna's locket and the jewels. Mm -hmm. Francois is the last surviving ancestor of Lafitte's monkey. And of course, the misfits are escorted out of Maison Fleur and Jim apologizes to Pierre for assuming he was the thief.
1: Creepy and we... police strike again. <laughs> this
0: thing with the monkeys. Yeah, just this so is again silly. why
1: we do not trust the popo. We don't trust the popo because they're creepy and wrong, and they talk like they're they're going to steal things. But yeah, like who trained this monkey? This monkey was clearly trained to take everybody's jewelry. Right. And like, how did this... it
0: know about the secret passage?
1: It's a monkey. Of course it knows about the secret passage. It grew up in this place. It was probably taught that see, once again, I'm like this is the reason why your bed and breakfast is going tits up, lady. Because you have a monkey <laughs> who like goes to the secret passages and steals people's stuff while they're sleeping. I wouldn't say like they, can you imagine the Yelp reviews? <laughs> like, I, Charming New Orleans mansion Really appreciated the little touches, like the canopy beds and the pictures of purple-haired lady on the wall. But have to say, the man who greeted us at the door was more than surly, and then all my jewelry was stolen by clammy hands in the (laughs) night. One star will not stay again.
0: (laughs) Well, what did you think of the way this episode wraps with Yvette saying that? Um, well, there, there really is a ghost, and she says that the the spirit of unrequited love lingers on. Ugh,
1: creepy. That was a big cornball.
0: Well, Why a big cornball.
1: Episodes so creepy. Uh, yeah, and also we skipped over the worst thing, which we we have to talk about. This is how. Okay, so they find the monkey. And then the Misfits are squared away. And then Yvette is like, okay, put on these jewels. And then Pierre like, goes over to Shayna. He's like, were I a monkey? I would steal you away from... No, he says, he says something like, were I a pirate? I would steal your heart away from Anthony. And then he grabs Shayna. Like, first he mm-hmm. grabs her chin and makes her look at him. And then, then he kisses her without consent.
0: Why doesn't she do something, though? She just, like, stood there. Why didn't she push him away?
1: Well, because Shayna is a kind woman most of the time. And so she didn't really just want to haul off and hit him in the face with her shoe, which is what I think warrants, like, that action warrants getting him in the face with a shoe. Like, mm-hmm. that was so messed up. And I actually remember that when I was a kid. And I remember thinking, but he didn't ask her for that kiss. That was not okay. But, you know, he really is like Pepe Le Pew. Because that's what Peppa Pew would do. And then when when Yvette says that the house is haunted by the, the ghost of unrequited love or whatever, which is eye-roll worthy. But then the ghosts come out of the paintings and they kiss. And I was like, gross. Didn't we already say that that dude was a slaver? Mm-hmm. Why is she kissing him even as a ghost? I was really glad when this was over. Because it gave me less things
0: to be angry about.
1: Yeah, it it it
2: uh um
0: <laughs> not a great episode. Closing thoughts.
2: I mean, it wasn't
0: not as annoying as last week's, that's for sure.
2: Well, in train 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 train. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Plane? What? Yeah. I don't I don't understand. Um, I just
0: no, I said train.
2: <laughs> Plane in the air? Why are the tracks? I I'm so confused. It wasn't painful to watch like some episodes are but it's painful if you start to think about it so it's kind of more insidious in that way for me
1: yeah because i mean this plot there are some things but you're just like uh, okay why whatever but it you know it hangs together it's it's a story that hangs together and there were uh there was one good song maybe one and a half Yeah, Mm -hmm. like that whole thing with that Pierre dude, just none of that was okay.
0: Uh, animal services, the SPCA should have been called and taken that monkey away. I mean, first of all, monkeys should not be living in that mansion, second of all, that is a horrible monkey. (laughs) (laughs) There's little demon eyes in the dark. Take this monkey
1: away because you raised it poorly the up of you on the monkey himself. <laughs> this monkey scared the crap out of me with his demon eyes and his giant teeth in the night. In his clammy hands. Two stars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Alright, why don't we end there? You've been listening to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. I'm here with Aline Sims as always. And if you haven't had a chance yet, you should really check out Aline's podcast called Less Than or Equal, which can be found on iTunes. And you can also go to relay.fm forward slash L-T-O-E, to check out the entire catalog of episodes. You can also find her writing at alenemean.com. That's aleenmea com, And she can be found on Twitter, of course, at A-L-E-E-N. And uh, still does the app camp for girls stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kate Tempest Bradford, best place to check out all of the stuff that you do is, I believe, still at ktempestbradford.com. You'll find her writing there. You'll find links to her uh, video series on YouTube. And she can be found on Twitter, of course, at Tiny Tempest. And also check out her new podcast on Hologram Radio called The Right Gear if you're into interviews with interesting authors that you potentially haven't heard of and reviews about gear like pens and uh, laptops and any other geeky things that writers need to know about.
1: Yep. Also, yesterday, and I guess it will still be yesterday technically when this podcast is posted, but yesterday was my birthday. Mm-hmm. happy birthday to you. Yay, Happy birthday thanks. to you. woo And so, I know all the people out there who listen to this podcast are like Tempest. What should we get you for your birthday? And I would say, become my patron on Patreon. But beyond that, my the best birthday present you could give me is to share episodes of the Gemcast on Twitter and on Facebook and talk about why you love it. That's what would make my birthday
0: the best. That's awful. Nice of you to say. And as far as this show is concerned, you can show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash hologram radio and join the other people that have decided to so generously donate a few dollars a month. Uh, That is one of the best ways to support our ongoing operational costs that need to be covered as well as fund new podcast ideas that we want to launch. And you can also go to hologramradio.org forward slash sponsors and shop at Amazon through our Amazon links. We have links for Amazon UK, USA, and Canada. And since there's no additional work needed on your part, why not buy all that stuff that you would normally were planning to buy from your wish list, except that uh, just use our Amazon affiliate links and that'll send us a couple of dollars our way. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes to ensure you get every new episode each and every week when we release on late Wednesday night. And also, while you're in iTunes, why not uh, why not give us a rating? You can drop a comment or a five-star rating. And if you do, we will give you a shout-out on the podcast. And speaking of reviews, thank you very much to the last person who left us a review by jessica ferris uh her handle on the itunes store is bell emoji heart the beast and she said this is a great podcast keep it up five stars you can follow our podcast on twitter at gem podcast and also you can find all of the other shows on our network by checking out at hologram radio on twitter We're on Facebook as well under Gem Podcast. And uh, we're pretty much everywhere these days, including Instagram at Hologram Radio Shows. And if you'd like to send feedback to either myself, Aline, or Tempest, you may do that. Shoot an email to gemcast at hologramradio.org. Until next week, show's over, Synergy.